0: Hey there, Merry Christmas. Welcome to a special bonus episode right here on Jesus Smart, the podcast feed. It's a Manifold Ministries Christmas crossover episode with Stephen Lauterbach, the purveyor of Manifold Ministries, and also Ali Ross a writer on the Manifold Ministries site. Of course, Jesus Smart the Podcast is heard on the Manifold Ministries platform. We discuss everything Christmas, traditions, truths, misconceptions, and who put up their Christmas tree before Thanksgiving. We had a blast recording this episode. I think you'll like it. I'll be back in a few days with the second part of the mini Christmas series from Jesus Smart the Podcast. It's called, Hey, Dragon." you'll be sorry you'll y-u-l-e see what i did there it's a different little christmas series uh let's just say that the dragon does not know how to keep christmas well i think you're going to enjoy this episode the manifold ministries christmas crossover on the despite popular belief podcast with steven Lauterbach.
1: Welcome to Despite Popular Belief, where we discuss reformed biblical worldview in a culture full of opinions and agendas. I'm Stephen Lauterbach, and today we have a very special Christmas crossover episode. Today is a special episode. Many of you know that I. Moderate Manifold Ministries.com. It is a ministry that I created, uh, well, I want to say maybe a year ago. Anyways, all of the content creators who are a part of that website are going to be on this episode today. So that includes Brian Del Turco from the Jesus Smart Podcast and then Allison Rossborough from the Freedom and Truth Blog. Of course, then you have myself, Stephen, representing the Despite Popular Belief podcast, which you're listening to right now, and then the Fighting Stagnant blog that I also write for on that website. Anyways, it was really cool to have this Christmas crossover event with them. I'd like to be able to do that each year, uh, Lord willing. But, uh, anyways, enjoy the conversation and have a Merry Christmas. Welcome to the first ever Manifold Ministries Christmas crossover. Manifold Ministries is a guild of content creators who aim to provide quality, edifying media through a biblical lens. Our mission is to bring glory to the creator whose Manifold attributes inspire us daily. Everybody from Manifold is here with us today. Say hi, everybody. Hey, it's great to be here, Stephen.
2: Great to be here, too got my youngest with me
1: right now. The house is full. So we have with us today uh, Allie Rossborough, who you all know writes for Freedom and Truth Blog, uh, helping women discern how the gospel applies to every part of life. And we have Brian Del Turco of Jesus Smart, the podcast where he quests after kingdom themes, what Jesus taught and modeled for our lives. Uh, I'm Stephen Lauterbach, creator and moderator of Manifold Ministries. I host the Despite Popular Belief podcast, uh, where we discuss reformed biblical worldview in a culture full of opinions and agenda, and I also write for Fighting Stagnant blog, uh, where I aim to help the weathered Christian re-examine where lifestyle meets relationship with the Creator. Um, thought it would be great to just have everybody from the ministry here uh, talk about Christmas and the ministries that they're running, and... Uh, Yeah, so maybe if you guys could uh, talk about what you've been up to in your ministry as we wrap up the year and uh, start approaching the new year.
2: Um, I'll go. Um, Currently, because I have a (laughs) (laughs) two-month-old, I've just been trying to figure out how to keep up uh, the ministry um, and take care of my household and being a, a good mother and a good wife and all that jazz and also, you know, writing. And I've got one blog out on my, uh, on, on Mama Love. That's another ministry I'm a part of. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at right now.
1: <laughs> Very good. Awesome. How about you, Brian? Excellent. And Mabel,
0: Mabel looks so cute there. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I Christmas is always a time of, uh, I kind of run deep at Christmas, almost too deep. You know, it's a time of reflection and and uh, anticipating the new year. So, as far as the uh, ministry goes, yes, I've been doing the Jesus Smart, and it's been mainly the Jesus Smart podcast. I need to get back into writing more on that site. And there's also another another new podcast which is kind of coming out called Wild Ox. It's um, from Psalm ninety two ten. You've, anoint, you've anointed me with fresh oil and given me strength like a wild ox. And it's all, these are episodes, a little bit less than 10 minutes, which focus on prayer for the nations. Sharing a kingdom thought about prayer and then focusing on some national or international issue. So that's coming too. And there's another site as well that I'm working on called Pray American DNA, which is still, still in the oven too. So it's kind of been busy at the end of the end of this year but that kind of gives you a sense about next year a little bit i think
1: yeah very cool that's awesome yeah for the uh podcast despite popular belief um i actually just had my former co-host back on as a guest and um he didn't for sure say that he's he's done for good i mean for the time being he's still not a part of the show but uh I'm still hopeful that maybe he'll come back on. I Love that guy. All right, I uh, miss Eric. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun to have him back on. Uh, but I have a whole list of people ready for next year uh, as guests on the show. Um, and then Finding stagnant, I've I've had so many gaps between blog releases because I, it's not writer's block. I I'm just torn about what I want to say in some of these articles and. I mean, the latest one that I wrote about was about predestination, which I, man, it's such a heavy topic because everybody has family or friends that they just they, they just wonder, you know, like, why is it the way that it is or how can it be like this? So maybe I'll try to like scope it down a little bit and do some things that I can kind of like pump out a little bit quicker so it's not so heavy all the time. But these are conversations that need to happen nonetheless.
0: Hmm. How do you, I'm just curious, how do you pick your topics, Stephen? Um, You have like a content calendar you've developed and how do you come up with your ideas?
1: So I actually have a note uh, open on my phone all the time. So I can be driving for work or I can be just around the house. And honestly, if if I feel passionate about something or feel inspired by the Holy Spirit, like, hey, you keep running into this theme with people in your life. write about it and so like i've i've put other topics on the back burner if if i get spurred on like that and and i'll i'll go ahead with the with the fresh topic yeah less of a calendar more of a list and then as a priority kicks in um then i i just roll with that it's awesome yeah
0: yeah i think content creators are always trying to find their way with that a little bit seems um i think we have too many ideas don't we (laughs) <laughs> do you yeah, do, do you find that to be the case Allie? There's yes, too many things to write about, about almost. Yeah. It.
2: I have a little running list on my phone actually of ideas and Google Docs. Okay. <laughs> it's a <the> writer's problem.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a good problem. <laughs> I mean, I think writers and content creators are always observing, always thinking and there's something that's just we could probably only execute on about 10% of of the ideas we get it seems. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I can relate to that. Goodness. I had—I I just had a friend texting me today. He's like, when are when are you going to do the topic that you mentioned in episode such and such? And I'm like, I don't even remember mentioning that. I don't remember. So maybe never, but soon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so uh, Christmas. We got Christmas coming up. What, what traditions do you guys have in your family that helps keep Christ the center of Christmas? We all have kids. All of us do uh here at manifold so what what kind of traditions do you guys uh do to keep that centered well
0: you know i i at the end of the year december seems to be a big month of prayer for some reason like prayer and reflection you know uh so i i that seems to be a tradition um but we you know we do a family christmas eve service and we do uh christmas morning devotions together and Penny makes uh, Christmas donuts. It's got to be homemade Christmas donuts that morning. <laughs> Everybody insists on that. And um,
1: yeah, those are those are a few ideas there. One of the traditions that I carried over from uh, when I was a kid, my parents had this um, this nail. It was the nail for a, for a cross, and you would hide it in the Christmas tree every year, um, just as a reminder hmm. uh, about you know Christ's coming what his mission was going to be and so uh, when I ended up getting my own house and you know becoming my own man uh, my parents got me one of those nails to hang uh, in the tree and so wow. that's something and my kids are too young right now to like you know talk about the crucifixion they, they don't even speak sentences yet <laughs> they're uh, age two and then uh, four months so they're they're very young but that's something that I that I want to carry on even as as they get older it just helps us to keep that focus Mm. something that i would like to do as the kids get older um we have one of those fun advent calendars one of our relatives got us one of those and that's cool uh i'd love to have that discussion and conversation with the kids um theology theological discussion with the kids as they're getting older you know as they eat that piece of chocolate that they're grabbing out of there or the mini lego set whatever it is you know what i mean (laughs) yes (laughs) You can eat the chocolate, but we're going to talk theology.
2: (laughs) Um, So what we do is actually, this is kind of a new tradition that we have this year. Um, We have like a family. Yes, Mabel. Um, (laughs) We have a little family worship thing every night. Um, And this year, um, Aaron, my husband, has. uh, Aaron, my husband, uh, he, is um doing an advent reading every night from a book which is really nice and then also we have um these ornaments that they're specific devotional ornaments um and then we'll read the devotion with a scripture um and they're the names of jesus Mm. and uh they, they they the kids put them on the tree and um with the scripture and they really 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 like that it's a lot of fun and then we have an uh, Advent devotional that the kids and I have been doing. Um, so that's been fun, too, just throughout the day.
0: Mm. That's wonderful.
1: I love that. Um, it sounds like you're, you've really got them immersed in it. Like the names of God thing, too, is such a, good, such a good thing for the kids to learn early because kids are learning names of people they meet. So learn the names of God. That's perfect. I love that. That's really cool
2: yeah one yeah. of the things that um we do in the in our house is we don't like we we talk to our children like they're adults. Hmm. like I know that sounds strange, but when you don't do baby talk or anything like that, we treat them like they're not adult. well, we talk to them like they're adults sure. so they because they can understand all of these com- uh, concepts,
0: yeah. I did something similar with our kids. I tried to use vocabulary th- that I knew was above where they were at, mm-hmm. you know. And and very interestingly, I was having a conversation with our 19-year-old recently. And even a younger daughter, too, um, they're starting to use words. They're just popping out. And I remember, I can remember, you know, these words and talking at that level in the past. And uh, it's, like, surprising. But you know what? Yeah. That You plant those seeds, and whether it's words or thoughts or names, and it, it comes back.
1: Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. And that's good advice, too, for anybody who has little ones or wants to have kids one day. Something to consider.
0: It is. And you know what? I think even amongst ourselves as spouses and as adults, it's important. Um, our language, our words is um, indicators of how we think, hmm. you know, and we can use... Um, language to actually reshape our thinking you know words and conversations and yeah we live in a shallow age don't we
1: yes we do and especially in a time where the definition of things is being restructured on a regular basis absolutely redefined
0: absolutely you know and not to get too woo-woo, but like in spiritual warfare, you can actually see the enemy's tactic, how he takes words and manipulates them and changes the mean the meaning of them. Mm. He just dis- he distorts language and, and, and that's how that's one of the ways he can get into our thinking and change it. I don't know. We're people who love the word of God and who 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 value God's word and so we uh we stand against that.
1: Yeah. Love it. For those who only go to church twice a year for Easter and Christmas. We probably all have friends or family that are like that, or we see them at our churches. Uh, what do you think is critical to include in those services? Or have you been in a service where you're like, wow, that was awesome. I'm really glad that they did that.
2: Um, I believe those two, I guess, services throughout the year um, on the church calendar are evangelistic type of services. Um, I believe the gospel needs to be preached, not just part of the gospel, but the whole gospel. Um, And, you know, if there's like an altar call or anything like that, like people need to be like, people need to follow through on all of those people.
1: Uh, gospel, hundred percent. Definitely. Which is weird to think about during Christmas, right? It's like the, the messiahs here. He just, he's just born and you're like, Okay, also crucifixion. Here we go. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that, um, who was it, um, Dallas Willard? Are you guys familiar with him as a theologian and writer? He um, he said one of the things that made Jesus so attractive was that he empowers the human condition. And... Um, so, one of the I mean, one of the things that people are really really struggle with during Christmas is relationships, you know, because mm. Christmas is like an amplifier. It amplifies everything that's good as well as what's bad in our lives. And so, if um, I don't know, speaking to those needs and then directing them to the gospel, you know, maybe maybe um, I don't know, maybe some kind of a focus on re- on relationships or something,
1: yeah. I think especially now with everybody being isolated or, we're being separated, streaming church, uh yeah, relationship is critical, we're relational creatures, yeah. yeah, yeah we are, and it's it's something that people feel very
0: acutely. I think there's probably like three baseline needs that humans have out you know, just in a practical sense, as a matter of like lifestyle, and that's relationships, well-being and finances, mm. you know. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm thankful that Jesus knows how life works best. That's sort of one of the themes that we pursue on the podcast. You know, and I think one of the Old Testament Hebrew words is is a word which includes the meaning of living skillfully or um, being able to live successfully and skillfully. I, I think the Lord's concerned about that as a witness to Him. But yeah, the gospel for sure. I mean, um, that's foundational and core, and that needs to come through really clear. I would I would agree with Ali on that.
1: So I I know we've had some conversations behind the scenes before we launched into this this little crossover. Um, did you guys come across any common misconceptions about Christmas that are worth mentioning or clarifying? The one, well, the one that I was thinking about was like the Christmas star. What is that? <laughs> I, I know there's documentaries out there about it. I honestly I haven't seen any. Oh. Do you guys know what the Christmas star is? Huh, there's been some talk recently about this planetary
0: alignment, you know.
1: Isn't it 800 Uh, years in the making? Is that right? Something, yeah. Something like that. My
0: wife was telling me about it. I really don't know what the Christmas star was. The thing that gets me about the Christmas star is that it says that the star came and came over or shone upon the household where Jesus was Hmm. to the wise men. And that's how they were able to locate the house. And I'm just not sure how some astronomical event, you know, like a planetary yeah. alignment or something could could do that. And so what was that? Um was it some kind of a manifestation of the Shekinah glory of God that was oh. quite evident to them in the atmosphere and was, you know, shining over the household when when Jesus was maybe two.
1: So I don't know. Wow. But I haven't considered that. And I love Shekinah. That, man, that is so cool. Every time that shows up you know, it's like surrounding the throne in Revelation. Just anytime that's popping up, that just yeah, man, it always makes me think.
0: And it, it you know, I was looking at the account today in Luke because I did an episode today and put it out, um, where it says that the shepherds, the glory of the Lord shone around them.
1: Mm.
0: You know, first there's one angel who, who becomes visible, and then there's this host of angels, and it and it, and it says there that the glory of the Lord. I mean, can you imagine that in the middle of the night that happening? It's just you know. Right. Um, I was having a conversation with someone yesterday over coffee, and they were saying that, like the glory of God, like Isaiah says, "I am undone." You know, when he got mm. this vision of God, he just it, it just like breaks you down so deeply that you need to be strengthened and sort of rebuilt in a sense. But what did they see? They must have seen some sort of manifestation of the Shekinah glory of God in the sky, the shepherds, and then maybe two years later that was similar with the wise men, you know, yeah, Jesus was probably two years old, I think scholars think when the wise men came, he wasn't at the nativity, you know with the right right with with the shepherds and all that it was a, l- a little bit later
1: and that's a misconception there too, because we're so used to seeing that nativity scene, and yeah, you know we have the we three kings. Who travel three. So, yeah, so,
0: yeah. yeah that's
1: another misconception. There's no indication that
0: it was just three. It could have been quite a larger group, they think.
1: Sure, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I was actually digging into... Um, th- this actually made me think about like the number of prophecies that have occurred in Scripture. Um, I looked at a couple of articles, and 2,500 prophecies in Scripture... And they're talking about the ones that have come true. Wow. Which is just astronomical. Sure is. (laughs) I mean, that's a big deal. I had a... Here, there was like... They even had like a math equation for the probability of one of these. It just blew my mind. Um, And I got this... I'm going to post this article on the webpage. I'll share it with you guys. This is off of reasons.org. But it listed like a handful of these prophecies and gave you the mathematical probability of it. Listen to this. So sometime before 500 BC, the prophet Daniel proclaimed that Israel's long awaited Messiah would begin his public ministry 483 years after the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. He further predicted that the Messiah would be cut off, killed, and that this event would take place prior to a second destruction of Jerusalem. Abundant documentation shows that these prophecies were perfectly fulfilled in the life and crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And they're talking about the probability being uh, equal to one in 10 to the fifth power. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. And this was
0: just one prophet, or was this a set of a larger amount of prophecies? Was, I, I missed so the first that part. Was,
1: yeah, that was just Daniel giving a couple of prophecies about destruction and rebuilding of Jerusalem, which, interestingly enough— um in my research uh, for Despite Popular Belief, apparently the Jews do not consider Daniel to be a prophet. I didn't dig too deep into that, but they did make that distinction. And I'm looking at this stuff, and I'm like, how can you not? Right? Well, and then you think, well, they they didn't accept the Messiah. So, I mean, they're waiting for that prophecy to be fulfilled as well. So maybe <clears> it's <throat> related to that. I, I need to do some more digging. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, it is interesting. I think John macarthur or is it john piper
0: i'm I'm not sure but i'm sure other sources talk about this how they see daniel as a sort of a well Mm. that the wise men are traced back to daniel you know the wise men that we see in the gospels are traced back to that tradition of daniel there in babylon
1: Here's a controversial question or at least in in the circle of friends that I'm I'm with here did you tell your kids about Santa Claus why or why not
2: So we've told our children about Santa Claus but we we've told them that he was a person in history and give a little background on who Saint Nicholas was and then made it very clear that he's dead <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's dead.
2: And explain to them, hey, it's a good story. Yeah, just like Spider Man, just it's... like Elsa.
0: Yeah, so it's so it's pretend like like yeah. other other things they watch. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's just sure. a good story. It's not true.
1: Right. That's a good point. Yeah.
2: So, and I'm I'm sure that's not gonna run with a lot. Of, so with some people, but that's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, we uh, we were not hardcore with Santa, you know. I know some people; it's hardcore, man. It's it's, it's getting close to religion, you know. But uh, yeah, they—I don't think they ever believed that there was a real Santa, you know. But we didn't like keep them from Santa, similar to what you're saying, Allie. That you know, it's it's a good story. It's mm-hmm. it, there's there is reflection in Santa Claus of of good and noble traits, you know. And Saint Nicholas was awesome. Yeah, he you was. <laughs> he was awesome. Um, but it's become quite homogenized since St. Nicholas, the tradition of Santa Claus.
1: <laughs> right. Which I think, didn't that start in like the 1840s, I think? 1840s was the first time that commercialized Santa Claus was it? Uh, came up in like a story or a poem or something.
0: Is that right? It, you know, that could be. I should be more up on this, being it's such an iconic thing in our in our world.
2: And I do know that the Saint Nicholas that we know, not Saint Nicholas, the Santa Claus we know today, with you know the the red suit and the beard, we can thank we can thank Coca Cola for that. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I like think that. that's right. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is jolly. Goodness, look at his rosy cheeks. Come on. So late, like,
0: that's all, that's all that high fructose corn syrup and Coca-Cola, man. Okay. You said it.
2: <laughs> um, But also like, even before I was a Christian, like I, I nannied before I um, was a Christian. And then I, I have this distinct memory of one of the kids that I nanny, his like best friend, Um, he's his best friend. He was like nine, found out that Santa wasn't real mm. and wouldn't talk to his mother for like days
1: Oh, my gosh. And I'm
2: like, and that was even before I was a Christian. So I, I've i had, like, non-Santa vibes, if you want to call it, even before I was a Christian. And after becoming a Christian, I'm like, no, I'm not doing this to my children. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't want to breed distrust with them.
1: Right.
2: And I don't want to, I don't want to lie to them. Like, mm. we're not supposed to lie as Christians. Right. That's a lie. Yeah.
1: Or how about the manipulation factor? If you don't behave, you're not getting gifts from Santa. You're going to end up on the naughty list.
2: Yes, and the whole elf elf on the shelf thing, too. That drives me nuts, too. It's the same concept. It's just breeding the whole, hey, let's make sure we're good people to get Mm. a good thing. Which is every religion in the world except Christianity. So, like, <laughs>
1: that's a great point. Yeah. That's a great point. So, yep. like, Christianity must stand out. It it does stand out. I mean, true Christianity. Yeah. yeah, And I'm not like condemning anybody who who wants to tell their kids about Santa. Do your thing. I I feel mm-hmm. convicted about it, and it's like if the Holy Spirit is convicting you. Yep. That's a that's a sign of sin.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, it says in Romans, let each person. You know, there are some issues where each person needs to have their own convictions, their own faith. And, you know, we need to honor that in people. Yeah, I think I think Paul says there that, you know, the faith which you have on, on these kind of non-essential issues, if we could put it that way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, who was it that had the famous quote um, in all things charity? Uh, oh In essentials, unity and in non-essentials, what was it, diversity or... Who said that? I forget.
1: I want to say Ben Franklin, but I'm gonna embarrass myself because I don't think it's him.
0: I think it was some church uh, father or something. You know, uh, that sounds uh, right. Yeah, I don't know if it was uh, Aquinas or Augustine. I'm not sure. Okay, it was. Yeah. It was. It was something like in essentials unity and non-essentials diversity in all things charity. Something mm-hmm. to that effect. But but you know, Paul said that. The faith what you have, have as your own, and respect each other's convictions. And whatever you do, do it from faith. And what's not done from faith is sin. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I think he says that in all in that that passage there in Romans.
1: Well, so there's there's a lot of new age creeping into just about everything lately. And I came across I came across this through. Well, I know Joe Rogan is not wholesome, but. He picks the brains of some of the greatest people, most intelligent people. I want to listen to these interviews. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff in here. Yeah. But uh, he was interviewing this guy who was studying uh, hallucinogens. And apparently, I guess 10, I think it was 10 years ago, it was becoming popular to accept that the uh, Amanita muscaria uh, mushroom, which is the classic red mushroom with the white dots. You see it in the Super Mario games. He eats the mushroom and gets big. Um, It's based (laughs) off of this mushroom, and it causes you to hallucinate. Apparently, they grow under evergreen trees. Uh, Reindeer love them. People can eat them. And so, like, for people in the New Age, they know that when you take um, hallucinogens, uh, you're you're peeling back layers of consciousness, and, like, sometimes you see... things you see entities what they describe as elves so new age is really grabbing on to hey christmas actually came from people eating mushrooms wow and going on a trip and they're seeing things you got the flying reindeer um and apparently people who are delivering these mushrooms um they would drop them down like like the little like smoke hole in people's houses and stuff. So it's like dropping gifts down the chimney. Like They're t- connecting all these dots. I don't know if it's completely accurate. Wow. That's wild. But it's an excuse for somebody to say, that's where Christmas came from. And, and, of course, the reindeer and Santa and mushrooms have nothing to do with the birth of Christ. Yeah,
0: I've often wondered about this, guys. You know, like, Constantine, I think, was the one who made christianity the official state religion of the roman empire Mm. Mm -hmm. and he and he and and he's the one who established christmas on on a pagan holiday saturnalia Mm. i think most scholars believe that jesus was most likely born in something like april and not december not not the winter solstice okay but so then constantine in in the very early roman catholic church has quite a track record of taking these pagan Easter easter's the same way
1: sure Mm -hmm.
0: Easter is on top of a pagan holiday. So, and then, my goodness, throughout the centuries, all these things are added. Many of them pagan, like the Yule, the Yule log and different things, you know. And yet, at the end of the day, it seems like God still works through it all. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? It's, people are very open to spiritual things this time of year, you know? It yeah. it it just seems like Jesus is in the mix. Not 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 to endorse paganism, but you know it's it's just amazing to me.
1: Yeah, I mean people are celebrating the coming of the Messiah, so I think there's gonna be all sorts of spiritual assault happening hmm. during a celebration like that once a year. Distractions, um, made up characters, Coca Cola cans. You know what I'm you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You go out Christmas shopping, these stores are packed. Um oh. consumerism maybe is a better Better word for that is just—and you know that, like, the days after Christmas, people are just returning those gifts, so it's like, why are they even going through that motion? Yeah. I don't know. I've heard some people say, like, the reason we give gifts, like, Christians, you know, can keep Christ at the forefront by saying, like, oh, Christ was generous to us, so we're generous to other people. I can kind of see that. Um, But I also don't think that there's a problem with celebrating cultural celebrations, especially if you're not worshiping Santa Claus, because we're (laughs) not— We worship Christ, you know? It's it's. Yeah. We're not fooling Absolutely. anybody by that, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how you feel, Allie, but I
0: have a real quest to get more minimalistic about and, and, and really getting radical about holidays. Like, you know, the root meaning of radical means to get back to the root. It, all these layers that get added to it, and then you feel driven and distracted and exhausted, and I just loathe that. Mm-hmm i want to I want to get clean and simple on it.
2: <laughs> I think it's like for us, at least it's keeping with what traditions we have as a family, but also just keeping Christ at the center
0: well, i I just I would just add that you know, you think of Simeon and Anna, you know, mm-hmm. in Luke chapter two, I think it is, and how when they brought Jesus into the temple at eight days old. These elderly people were people that were given over to prayer and fasting and consecration. And they had such a sensitivity about them. And like, really like prophetic insight, they just walked right up. They knew that what they were waiting for had arrived. They started speaking and prophesying over the Christ child, over, over Mary. And um, to really seek to use this season as a time of, of prayer, reflection, mm-hmm and asking for wisdom and revelation and insight, you know, in our lives, especially then the Lord primarily, but then we also know we're looking at another year coming up. This has been a very challenging year we've been through. And so um, as we end the year with this kind of an emphasis, it's great positioning for the new year.
2: Yeah. I I, I second um, what Brian just said about, and I just, the year ending on this note of, christmas and advent like um so normally we don't put our christmas tree up until after thanksgiving because we like to have thanksgiving have thanksgiving and not make it christmas um but this year and i think it's just because this year has been so difficult um we just decided let's put up the tree and we actually got a new christmas tree this year um just because it helps us and reminds us of what's to come and it's been doing that for our family like the kids were super excited when we put the tree up and Mm. we explained why we put the tree up and why uh why it's a pine tree i don't know if you guys know the history behind that but why it's a pine tree
1: i don't know that Um,
2: just the idea that i think they point up to jesus or something like that i can't remember exactly um because i know at some point they were hung upside down from the ceiling I have to look that up a little bit somewhere. okay that's but, cool um i'm referring back to uh what episode there's my kids watch um what's in the bible okay. um on right now media i don't know if you guys know that streaming service or not um, but they have a whole episode on Christmas and it goes in the history about where Christmas trees come from, where Saint Nicholas comes from, all yeah. of that. So if you have right now media, it's up there right now. And actually right now media is free because of the pandemic right now. So cool, really? if anyone out there is looking for good Christian content um yeah. for television. You so can what's sign the
0: up. what's the website address, Allie, for that?
2: Um it's I think it's just right now right now media dot com okay or dot or. org I'm not sure,
1: okay, yeah, I'll link that on the uh, show notes page as well uh, for you' all,
2: but yeah, that's kind of the short we've just we've put up the tree and it's 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 lifted my spirits for this year, I know it has, so
1: yeah, I understand that completely, yeah,
0: we put our tree up just after thanksgiving, that's our normal time frame. I like to keep Thanksgiving from getting too crowded out myself, you know. Sure. Um, <laughs> seems like every year the stores are are pushing it more and more on Thanksgiving, you know.
1: Yeah, they almost have every single holiday lined up so that the second one is leaving, the next one's in. It's like ha- Halloween's here, Thanksgiving, Christmas, oh, it's like yeah. never, never ending.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Then it'll be Valentine's Day.
1: Oh, you're right. Uh, New yeah. Year's, and then Valentine's Day
0: yeah new year's valentine's <laughs> that's right that's right man it keeps coming saint patrick's we love saint patrick's day saint patrick's day has become a very enjoyable holiday here we're not even irish <laughs> <laughs> but penny started making this irish meal you know yeah and the kids just got hooked into it and it's become and frankly saint patrick is an awesome guy to look into yeah, his,
2: yeah he's really cool <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah, we enjoy that in March for sure. How about your wife, Stephen? What what's her what's her highlights? What does she like?
1: <clears throat> for Christmas on on her side of the family, her family's so big. Uh but we all if possible, everybody gets together uh at her mom and dad's house and we watch a Christmas movie that everybody votes on. And um <laughs> <laughs> and then we have like while we're all sitting in the living room we have like a group chat open and instead of like talking during the movie, we're we're chatting in the room with sending memes, making fun of the movie, all that stuff. So um <laughs> Wow. That's kind of a fun thing we do, is some people get matching uh jammies and stuff, <laughs> for, you know, good all food, right. all that all that good yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's interesting to see, you know, people's family dynamics and stuff during during the holidays and who can get together. Um, a lot of people spread out all over the, all over the country. And yeah, I know for like, uh, my dad's side of the family, I almost never see them because they all moved out of state. So
0: yeah, it's all become more challenging too with, with this year. Yeah. I have a friend in England. He's actually a minister and, um, well, he lives in Norway and England and, Mm -hmm. but England's under a pretty severe lockdown right now. Again, their second big one. What is it? Like a level four out of five in their skill, something like that. But at any rate, he's never been like this, but he's been posting a lot of, he's really doing a lot of prayer about it, but doing a lot of trying to inform people and communicate Mm. with people about it. You know, that doesn't agree with everything that's going on at all.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've been talking to my friend in Canada. He was talking about his country shutting down again now here too, Mm. but they seem pretty okay with it. They don't have the same like freedoms that even we do. I mean, similar cultures, but we we certainly have more liberties than than they do.
0: Yeah, I think the American spirit is a little bit different, you know. Like that rugged yeah. individualism and that, you know, that freedom.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. When when they were saying put four posts in the ground and claim your land during the westward expansion, it's like Yeah. That's crazy. Could you imagine that nowadays? It would be bloody. It would not be good. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think American historians, they they call it rugged individualism. Mm. There's a positive trait to it, but there's also a negative side. It's people are too individualistic. (laughs) Yeah. I think in some cultures where there's more of a sense of corporate community, like... Eastern cultures, you mm-hmm, know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: seem to have more of a value upon that than like America does. So it's um, there's different dynamics like in building communities of faith. They they don't have to do like all of the work that we have to do. Yeah, to build authentic community, you know. Sure. Interestingly too, I like in terms of like kingdom theology in cultures that have a like a royal background, like the Bahamas. Mm with england i think or england itself they're much quicker to get to kingdom theology and resonate with that than america
1: that's interesting so that's cool
0: yeah it's just it's just in them you know from their history and legacy
1: i love church history i want to, i want to do more church history stuff for sure on the Mm. on the show it's good to learn about it's good to learn you know where we came from yeah what's been corrected like as you know bad theology yeah i heard somebody
0: was commenting doing on something on facebook and they were saying that how the protestant reformation i mean this was their opinion not mine but Mm -hmm. the protestant reformation is uh there's positive traits to it and that it's like diverse but then they were saying there's negative traits, too, because there's a lot of this guy's a I would call him an evangelical left person. He's he kind of he got higher education and he totally went left in his uh, theology and politics and everything. But, you know, he was lifting up the the whole thing of wearing a mask, you know, that churches shouldn't be meeting and we should be wearing our mask. And this is how we love our neighbor. Well, and, you know. He, he was using the Protestant, he was using the Protestant Reformation though you know the good thing about Protestant Reformation is it, it's very diverse and you have very many streams. but the bad thing is you can't get like a common yeah,
1: yeah there's a ton of pride in like the reformed group too. if you're not like me, you're not with me, I won't see you in in eternity. Ah, uh, yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? It is crazy. That's so like not biblical, which is ironic because of what the you know, reformed people claim to be. So I was trying to make that distinction because I do lean very heavily reformed, but like I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to tell like my brothers and sisters in Christ who don't agree with the same things about predestination that that their salvation's compromised. There are things that do compromise your salvation, like who's the Messiah, but like Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to say if you're not reformed, you're not going to heaven. There are people like that. There's people like that, and I think that's crazy.
2: It's yeah. Interesting. I have um, a couple of friends who lean on the other side because I'm um, we're more reformed over here too. Sure. And I've had some really interesting conversations with some of my friends who are more Armenian. Mm. Um, and it's really fascinating. And there's almost a pridefulness on that side too. Hmm. Oh, you, you, what you believe is totally wrong. We choose. Like, it, it's really fascinating. If you sit back and look at the whole discussion, mm-hmm. um, it's fascinating.
1: Hmm. Typical human nature, though, right? Just to
2: exactly pick a team.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like Paul said, you know, knowledge puffs up, you know, but mm.
0: love edifies. I mean, yeah. It's kind of sad that we have what why can't we hold to what we believe with resolve without being jerks about it, you know, or being totally arrogant?
1: Sure. Just having civil conversation about it and learning, learning from each other. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because we actually know in part anyway, Paul also said that, you know, Hmm. uh, when the, I don't know how you guys interpret that in Corinthians 13, but like when the perfect comes, you know, the partial will be done away. Um, but I don't know that statement. Uh, what is it? In essentials, unity and non-essentials. I think I think it's diversity in all things charity. So like the things that are essential are like Christology,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, soteriology, salvation doctrine. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I mean those things are core. You can't get off of those issues. But interesting.
2: I was gonna say, Stephen, if you ever want to do a. Uh... Uh, an episode on progressive Christianity—that that would be a fun one for me. Yes, absolutely.
1: <laughs> I I haven't shared the stats with you recently, but the website is still like on a regular basis. That article is like constantly getting website hits. Yeah, <laughs> people are checking it out. That would be awesome. I would love to have you on to come do that. That'd be sweet.
2: Yeah, Aaron also just stated that he'd like to join. That
1: oh, okay, conversation. <laughs>
2: if you're okay with that sure yeah yeah
1: i i know just a couple of like the surface level stuff about um progressive christianity enough to know like that's a red flag that's that's you know that's a deal breaker mm-hmm. but yeah i'd love to learn more about that that would be cool
0: yeah i think the general i think the gentleman i mentioned Stephen, about the you know that he went evangelical left i think he's probably a progressive christian now probably identifies as that gotcha you know, he he went and got like his doctorate work in Europe or something, and I've I've noticed a trend: the higher you go in theological education, the the more leftward leaning you start going.
1: See, and that's something that I've admired about the Reformation was that the Bible was being put into the common man's language, and they were being taught like you can read this and it's not cryptic. Yeah, like I I strongly believe that if you're seeking God's truth, it is is revealed to you. It's again, it's not cryptic. No. You have this book, you know, and it's like, yes, it's good to learn from your pastor and, and teachers and leaders and like, you know, other people in your community, especially, uh, particularly other believers, but y- you are fully capable of reading the Bible and knowing and understanding what it's talking about. Yeah. What the redemption plan is, salvation, all of it. Yeah. That's a, that's the Protestant Reformation, you know,
0: yeah.
1: that brought that. I love that. And isn't it, isn't that the kind of people Jesus was approaching during his ministry? Because it's the common man. Yes, he talked to some, you know, rich people. Yes, he talked to Caesar, you know, all these different people. Yeah. But, like, in his travels, like, these are the people he would go to and talk to. Right. I digress. I know we're kind of going off the trail with the Christmas stuff. Um, I can, I'll let it. Some of the stuff out, probably the mask stuff because it's uh, divisive. <laughs> oh, you've been recording this whole time? Well, we've got almost exactly five minutes left um, on the recording. So um, just real quick, aside from manifoldministries.com, where can people interact with the content that you guys are creating? Um,
2: so just on my personal Instagram, Allison Rossborough. Um, and then also I'm part of a ministry for moms, um, online, um, called mama love. And we also write blogs, um, for moms to uplift them and to point them to Christ and to give them good practical mom advice, just kind of go against the mommy war stuff. If that makes sense.
1: Definitely. Great. Super.
0: Yeah. Jesus is probably the best place to go. And, um, there's an e-letter that goes out once in a while. If you want to get that, you can sign up for that. And these other sites are still coming. I don't want to give out the URLs yet because they're incomplete. They're live, but they're incomplete, you know, wild ox and Pre American DNA, but that'll be coming on Facebook. Jesus smart, real Jesus smart, real on Facebook is, is a page as well.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I'm a, most of the content I'm putting out is on uh, Instagram despite popular belief uh, we do have a Facebook page um, I'll pop in from time to time but um, yeah great thank you guys so much for coming on uh, I know you guys have busy lives um, Merry Christmas to uh, both of you and the, and of course our listeners um, yeah it was great catching up with you all
0: yes yeah yeah. Merry Christmas Stephen and Allie and, and let your spouses know as well okay
1: we will do we will do Once again, thank you to Brian Del Turco and Alison Rossborough for joining uh, me on this special conversation as we celebrate Christmas. I just wanted to point out one of the best ways that you can share this show with your friends is through the Manifold Ministries link. Grab the website link for whatever episode you want to show somebody because when they go to that page, it will include all the scripture that we used for that episode pictures, videos that we discussed during the episode, and then it also has clickable links for all of the major podcasting platforms. It makes it absolutely foolproof for somebody to find a way to listen to the show. Anyways, I always post that link in the bio section, uh, for instance, on Instagram. So whenever you're listening to the latest one, go ahead and click that link on the Instagram bio. It'll take you right to the Manifold Ministries page. It'll have all our show notes. Again, that's the best way to share this with people. And uh, I hope you guys have a great Christmas. I know, it's I know it's a little bit different this year, but let's hold on to traditions and let's hold on to truths. You know, the Messiah came. We're, that's what we're here to celebrate. We're going to celebrate Christmas, anyways. God bless you guys and stand before kings.